Hey guys, and welcome to In Deep with NCLEX Next Gen Podcast. I am Dr. Danette Spencer. I am a doctorally prepared family nurse practitioner, nursing tutor, and founder of Nurse First MP, an online nursing tutoring service designed to empower nursing students with the confidence and competence to pass nursing school and NCLEX. I am dedicated to teaching nursing students how to think like a nurse so they can understand nursing content, not just memorize it. If you're looking for a nursing tutor who doesn't just teach you what teach you what to know, but also teaches you how to think like a nurse to pass nursing tests in the comfort of your home or while doing whatever it is that keeps you on the go, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Also, feel free to leave me a message on my website, nursefirstmp.org, of any content you guys would like me to discuss on a future podcast. I am here to serve you guys. Hey guys, it's Dr. Spencer from Nurse First MP. You're listening to In Deep with NCLEX Next Gen Weekly Videos to guide you on what to and how to study to pass NCLEX Next Gen on your first attempt. In this week's video, I'm going to be talking about pharmacology. As mentioned in my last episode, me and pharmacology have a love-hate relationship. I had to take pharmacology twice in nursing school, but now that I know it, it has made my nursing career so much easier while working on the floor. The physiological integrity portion of the NCLEX Next Gen specifically addresses the pharmacological and the parenteral therapies, and it accounts for 16% of NCLEX test questions. Okay, guys, let's talk about the heart. Just like other medications, you want to group slash memorize the medication names based off the similarities in the names, such as common prefixes or suffixes such as beta blockers all ending in LOL. When studying these medications, know that what medications are used for what. Although multiple blood pressure medicines can be used for different things, they all have something that they do they are better at doing than others. For example, know which blood pressure medicines affect cardiac output as seen in someone who has heart failure or blood pressure or heart rate. A trick to help you guys remember not to fall into, well, a trick you guys can use to not fall into memorizing the content is to study the farm content like you're creating a care plan or writing a nursing diagnosis. For example, diuretics is related to low potassium and magnesium as evidenced by patients experiencing muscle twitching, muscle cramping, and heart palpitations, so forth and so on. Because NCLEX is testing whether you understand the impact of medications. NCLEX is testing whether you know the impact the medications have on that patient. Also, when studying cardiac medications, group the similarities of side effects in a drug class and then the outliers, those ones which, which are different from the rest. For example, we all know diuretics pull fluid off, which results in low potassium and sodium. But we do know there is one particular drug class that pulls fluids, fluids off, but increases the levels of potassium. I know you want to learn everything about medications, but in order to pass NCLEX, you have to strategically study to be more proficient in what you do know. So, side effects is a big thing, guys, when it comes to cardiac drugs, because you're dealing with someone's heart, and minor side effects, if not attended to, can cause somewhere their life. 
So when studying, make sure you focus on how to know if the medications are working or not and what to do if the patient experiences a side effect or an adverse reaction. For medications specifically used for blood pressure, such as ACE inhibitors or ARBs, calcium channel blockers, and beta blockers, make sure you know which medications are best for those following a heart attack, a stroke, as well as those that are good for stroke prevention. It is also good to know which blood pressure medicines are best for cardiac dysrhythmias, those patients that have really high heart rates, or those medications that for patients who have really low heart rates. Think about what type of blood pressure medicines you do not want to give to those patients with heart failures, heart blocks, asthma, and those with diabetes. Like I said before, what do you tell your patient to do if they, if they take too much of a medication because it's not working? Well, what do you, what do you have to, what do you tell your patient to do if they have to take too much of a medication because it's not working? For example, how do you instruct your patient to take nitroglycerin? And what are the, some, what are some side effects you may want to mention to your patient? What should they do if the nitroglycerin doesn't work after the third dose? As it relates to medications for cholesterol, um, what are the major side effects you want to tell your patient to monitor for? What should they do if they experience those side effects? What lab values would you tell your patient if what lab value would you tell well what lab value can you tell um, that your patient is experiencing an adverse reaction to the medication? If you don't remember anything else about cardiac medications, please know about anticoagulants. <laughs> Why? Because if things go sideways with those medications, the patient is at higher risk for morbidity slash mortality. Make sure you know when the blood thinner is working or if the dosage is too much or not enough. That's a big one, guys. What patient symptoms would indicate that the blood thinner is too much or not enough? What are the antidotes for these cardiac medications? This is a really big one because like I stated earlier, an expected side effect or an adverse reaction to these medications can mean life or death for that patient. So you want to make sure you know you have those antidotes readily available and know what to do if your patient actually experiences a reaction. Make sure you know when to use what. For example, when would a person be on Coumadin versus heparin? Are you going to send your patient home on heparin? How do you successfully wean your patient off heparin to get them to Coumadin if they're ready to go home for discharge, if they're discharged, if they're being discharged home? What lab levels would you check to make sure the Coumadin and the heparin are in therapeutic range? How do you give Lovenox and heparin? Do you give it intramuscularly, <laughs> subcutaneously? Where would you give that actual injection if the patient is very thin with a BMI of 18? Or if they're a child? Also, make sure you know how to safely administer blood, guys. You guys can definitely see, you guys will... You guys can expect to see something on your inklets as it relates to giving blood. So let's say you get a test question stating your patient has been hemorrhaging badly from a car accident and you get an order to give blood. So you're giving blood. Which type of IV line do you give blood through? Can you give medications in that same line as blood? Which blood products would you give and why? Like, would you give this patient whole blood, packed red blood cells, platelets, fresh frozen plasma, or albumin? What, a patient, what patient assessments would you gather prior to, during, and after the blood administration? 
What would you monitor for during the blood transfusion and what patient signs and symptoms would indicate the blood transfusion is working? Can you do it by yourself? And how long do you have to sit with the patient after starting the blood? Can you delegate blood administration to your LPN or your CNA on your team? And who can you not give blood to based off religious reasons? What type of blood products would you not want to give to said patients? Like if a patient has really high blood pressure or really low blood pressure, would you give that patient packed red blood cells or albumin? And a big one, guys, make sure you know what to do if your patient has an allergic reaction to blood. And how is the blood um, process if they do have an allergic reaction to that blood? How do you know if your patient's having a reaction to blood? And what would you do? How would you stop the transfusion as well as who is at risk for having reactions to blood transfusions? What's the protocol if you, the nurse, gets splashed with patient's blood? These are the questions you should be asking yourself when studying this portion of NCLEX. I want to guide you guys into thinking like a nurse because simply remembering the information and not understanding the why is not going to get you to pass NCLEX on your first attempt. Remember, like I said earlier, Care plans, writing a nursing diagnosis as if you're studying farm is a really good trick, guys. So, for example, patients are at risk for bleeding as it relates to anticoagulants usage as evidenced by increased heart rate, decrease in blood pressure, hematomas, and black tarry stools. These are the types of questions you need to ask yourself when reviewing anticoagulants. Okay. So let's say your patient is now stable and it's, n it's now time to tend to your other patients. For in-class purposes, make sure you know how to give medications as it relates to the patient's, as it relates to the route based off the patient's condition, such as age, body weight, and illness. Know the difference between intravenous medications via bolus and intermittent intravenous infusions. When it comes to IV lines, Make sure you guys know the difference between a central line, a pick line, a midline, and a peripheral line. Can you give TPN through a peripheral line? Why or why not? What do you have to use instead? Do you have to use a filter? Also, think of some IV complications you want to monitor for, such as infiltration, and what to do if your patient experiences infiltration, phlebitis, or a hematoma. Central lines is a big one, guys. Mainly because if things go wrong, it can mean life or death for that patient. And when choosing NCLEX answers as a priority, make sure you key in on the answers dealing with airway, breathing, and circulation medications. Make sure you know how to properly care for your patients with central lines and what to do if the central line comes out. Also, like I said earlier, what type of nutrition goes through a central line? Does it require a filter? Make sure you guys know how to properly care for central lines, what goes through central lines versus peripheral lines, how are central lines placed, and do you need a certain kind of verification prior to using a central line? What to do if your central line isn't flushing or if you're having a hard time getting blood return? So let's say your patient experienced hypovolemic shock from an extensive burn, and now they're on PRN pain medications via PCA. Know how to instruct your patient to use a PCA, as well as signs of overdose. Like what I said, you want to monitor for, like what would you want to monitor for, and what are some things you may see? 
What if your patient started using the PCA and now says they don't want to use it anymore? How do you waste those narcotics? Can you do it by yourself? Let's say that that same patient now requires TPN. Make sure you guys know how to administer TPN if you need, and if you need another nurse with you for verification. Can you run the TPN in the same line as another medication? What's the difference between TPN and enteral feedings? So can you give medications with TPN feedings? Can you give medications with nasogastric and enteral feedings? Make sure you know how to administer medications through the NG or PEG tube. Um, what would you do if the NG tube or the PEG tube clog? And what would you check for? What are some patient complaints that may indicate that the PEG tube is clogged? Okay, guys, <laughs> that wraps up how to review cardiac medications in, in preparation for NCLEX. I aim to not lecture to you guys because I'm sure you guys have had enough of that, but rather guide you on how to study for NCLEX next gen and think like a nurse. I used to hate when test questions would ask me, what would the nurse do in certain questions, in certain situations? I'll be like, I don't know, you tell me, I'm not the nurse yet. So hopefully this review helps you think like a nurse so you can pass NCLEX next gen. If you have any questions or need additional clarification on topics presented in this podcast, feel free to message, message me on my social media handles. There are links within the description. Or leave me a message on my website, nursefirstmp.org. If you're looking for one-on-one -on -one nursing tutoring, tutoring services, that service is offered on my website as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. I pray that this serves as a guide to help you become more confident and competent in taking NCLEX. And remember guys, you don't need to know everything to pass NCLEX next gen, just the most important things. So study with strategy. See you next week.